The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance to the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that we should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, He took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84 She left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer, and coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had filled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord I'm thankful I made it through the Gospel. I uh, almost started laughing. So, uh, the joy of family life, right? The joy of children. Um, the joy of the unexpected, right? Um, and so, we we pray for the parents of that child and for the child as well. <laughs> that they might make it through, right? Um, Sometimes you just got to persevere through the day. So um, today uh, we have the presentation of the Lord. And normally uh, when I'm presenting or or preparing for the gospel, I read through the readings earlier in the week, hopefully before Saturday afternoon. Uh, Normally I do. And when I read through it, um, normally there's something that sticks out right away. There's some line, there's some part of it that I have experienced, uh, you know, just a close connection with, an understanding that I know right away that I want to share this for the homily. Uh, This week, when I was reading over the different readings, nothing stuck out. I kept on trying to read the gospel and trying to think that something is going to kind of pull out some sort of understanding, some sort of connection that I, I think is important for people to know. And nothing, uh, nothing sticks out. <laughs> nothing really happens. It's a confusing gospel. It's, it's long. Uh, it has a lot of different parts. It also is confusingly worded. 
and there wasn't anything that specifically stuck out. Uh, there's things about the presentation that are kind of, uh, you know, amazing. We had the candles as we came in, the light of Christ. This is kind of the, the light of Christ that comes about. Um, it's also really fascinating that um, the 40 days, uh, that this is 40 days after Christmas, and during that time, the prescriptions of the law was that the mother and the child were in isolation. Uh, and it is kind of an arbitrary law, but we actually look back on it and they think that this is actually part of the reason why Israel had such lower mortality rates for mother, mothers and children is because of this time of isolation, this time of being able to not be exposed to other bacteria and things. Uh, so that's just amazing that the law of God works in that way. Uh, but nothing really stuck out. I mean, nothing enough to, you know, preach on. And so... Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to allow God to see whether he has something to say to you. Uh, we're going to do a short Lexio Divina. And Lexio Divina is something actually that we did uh, last, or that I did last week, um, which was the Sunday of the Word of God. And so we, we just prayed a little bit more with the Gospel and went over Lexio Divina uh, at St. Joe's and at St. John's the Evangelist. And we're going to do that again this weekend uh, here. Lexio Divina is a way of praying with Scripture. There's lots of different ways to pray with Scripture. It's one specific way. It, it can be pronounced Lexio, or every once in a while you might hear it Lectio Divina, because it's actually spelt that way, L-E-C-T-I-O. Uh, but another pronunciation is Lexio, which is I, what I often say. It's Latin, meaning divine reading. Lexio, reading, divine, Lexio Divina. And so we're doing more than just a reading, uh, you know, of a book. We're allowing God, uh, we're allowing God into this reading. And the fact is, is that we're reading with the Word of God, which is a living text. It's not something that you can read once and know the story and you're good to go. I, I don't know if you feel like that a lot of the times. I sometimes do that when I hear uh, different scripture readings that I've heard before. I'm like, oh, yep, I know that story. All right, check out, right? Uh, we can sometimes say, well, I've heard that story. I understand, uh, you know, what I think is as much as I can, right? And then we kind of uh, fill in the rest, right? But the living word of God actually wants us to continually interact with it. And actually, you can't read scripture too much. You can't understand too much of it. Uh, you always, get, it's living in the sense that it's constantly speaking to you in a new way. What this gospel is speaking to you today is not going to be the same that it's speaking to you 10 years later, right? Uh, it's a living word of God because your life is also living and the God, uh, the Father, wants to speak to you through this word. And so... We'll do a Alexio Divina, and Alexio Divina has four different parts. It has prayer, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, read, pray, meditate. Sorry, I did that wrong. Um, we read it, we meditate, we pray, and then we contemplate. So first of all, we read it. Uh, reading it uh, just sounds like it is, like like it is. You read it, and you say, "What does this text say?" Just blanketly, we don't have to know everything. We don't need to go look into, you know, other texts. We're just saying, what is this text to say to me? What do I know about the text, right? What do I know about the situation? What do I know about the people? Uh, and just kind of get a little bit of context and just say, what do I understand about it, right? That's the first one. Read it. What does this text say? 
The second is to meditate. And this one, we'll be asking the question, what does this text say to me? And so what we want to do is uh, be a little bit reflective and kind of have that internal conversation. And so we might uh, say that, well, uh, you know, turtle doves and pigeons really stick out because I hate pigeons in my barn, right? I don't know. Um, and that's the thing That's the thing that sticks out to you and speaks to you. It might not be anything specifically with necessarily the context. It might just be a specific word that you're specifically struggling with or you're grateful with. Um, it might be a phrase. It's not going to be the whole thing. And so what we want to do is we want to actually limit what we read to a shorter amount. This gospel, I would say, is too long to do the Lexio on the whole thing, so we're going to actually just pull out one small section and we're going to just pray with that, and we're going to allow to see, ask Holy Spirit to just point out, what's, what in the text, uh, what does the text say to me in my day right now? And maybe it doesn't say anything. Maybe it mostly just brings up questions of, what, who is sin? What is happening here? Anna's really crazy. That's really weird. Um, what, what is this prophecy? What are they talking about when they're talking about uh, the Gentiles or, or about the child is the fall and rise of many, right? All those questions are speaking to you because they're questions that you hold, right? Um, and so that's the second one is we meditate on that and ask, what does this text say to me? The third is we're going to pray. Now, this is probably, uh, I would say, one of the harder transitions in prayer in general is to pray. Uh, I don't know about you, but it can be really easy to have internal conversations with yourself. Uh, but to, to prayer isn't having an internal conversation with self. It's having a conversation with God. And so you've got to turn this, instead of being just reflective on self, we're actually reflecting it out. And we're saying, what, do, what from the first two parts do I need to talk to God, tell God, right? And so we're talking to him. We're talking to another person. We're not talking to ourselves. We're not reflecting. We're not meditating. We're praying and we're talking to God. And maybe we're asking questions. Maybe uh, we're giving thanks to him. Maybe we're praying and interceding for somebody, right? Those are all things that we pray and we tell God. Now, the last one is the most difficult, which is contemplate. This is a time when we allow God to speak back to us. And this can be really difficult because most of us, don't hear God's voice, right? We don't get a clear answer of why is it two turtle doves or a pigeon, right? Why, why is that? We don't get a direct answer. But instead, a lot of the times we get silence. And we can sometimes feel as though the silence isn't an answer, but actually God works in the silence. And so if we're receiving silence, it's not a quietism of just trying to get everything out of our brain, but it's an attentive openness to what God might have. And so maybe something does come in that uh, attention to God, and maybe not. Maybe it's just silent. But to know that we hope, and even though that we might not experience a response or anything, that God is working in our soul. Is that we believe that God is present, and that he does respond to our prayers, right? And so even if we don't experience it in that contemplation, he is doing work, okay? And so we're just going to do a short uh, four-minute. I'm going to read through this uh, text. What we're going to actually do, if you'd like to follow along, on page 61 in your miscellets, 
Uh, it's sometimes nice to have the text in front of you just to, uh, I know me, I'm a visual learner, so I need to kind of see it. Uh, so on page 61 has the gospel, and we're going to do the very small uh, bottom section that's kind of indented back. Uh, that's now, Master, you have let your servant go in peace. And so we're going to just read through that. So I'm going to read through it first time. We're going to say, what does that say? Then I'm going to read through it again and say, what does this text say to me? Then we're going to be led in prayer and then contemplation. Okay? So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So what does this text say? Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. So we first say, what does this text say? What do we know about the different words, about the different situation? What does it say? Next, we're going to just invoke the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And we're going to say, what is this text saying to me? What does the living word of God want to say to me? Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. And so maybe it's one word that sticks out. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's a, a launching point of one word or, or something that comes to mind from reading this. We're going to just say and kind of examine what is this text saying to me today in this moment? Next, we're going to pray. And so we're going to direct that out. Maybe whatever the text was saying to you, you want to share that with God. What kind of questions do you have? Uh, What kind of, uh, if you're grateful for anything, anything that you're struggling with in your life that comes up from this text, I invite you to just tell God and talk to Him about that. Lastly, we want to contemplate, and so we want to allow the Lord to respond to our prayer, and so we attentively listen uh, to his word and to the way that he speaks to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
It's one simple way to pray with, with Scripture. I encourage you, I hope you all have time set aside each day to be able to pray. And that Scripture is a part of that. Uh, the Gospels are one of the you know, easiest ways to pray in this way. It is Jesus' life. And, and just like he interacted 2,000 years ago, he wants to continue to interact with your life through the Holy Spirit and through the living Word of God, through the sacraments, through the Eucharist, here, through our community. And so may we uh, be aware of the way that he works and continue to be open to the way that he wants to speak to us, um, whether we spend two minutes in Lexio Divina or whether we spend an hour in Lexio Divina, right? Um, give him some time to be able to speak to you uh, through the means that he gives us.